Welcome to the Black Hereford Chronicles with Jen Hill. Join me for insightful conversations and interviews about our cattle industry. Here we discuss the shared struggles and successes of this life we've chosen as ranchers. Here, we seek to learn from the experts around us, eager to grow and challenge the accepted. Here we are, the Black Hereford Chronicles. This episode is a bit longer than our usual. Anyone who's met Jason Schrader will understand why. When someone so fun to talk to and with so much background in Black Herefords sits down to visit, it's going to be a bit. One of the things I appreciate so much about Schrader's Black Herefords is their constant breed marketing and education. They spend a lot of time talking about why Black Herefords. Over the last year, we've had a lot of listeners of this program that are not currently using Black Herefords. So I figured, let's take a minute and bring it back to that question. Why Black Herefords? Let's dig in. JH cattle stand for a lot. They stand for quality over quantity. They stand for breeding done right with pedigrees they believe will further the breed. They stand for commitment to the American Black Hereford. JH cattle just finished up their spring calving season and have some really exciting progeny on the ground right now. If you want to see the future stars of the breed to preview where those purple ribbons will be laid, make sure you are following JH Cattle on Facebook. You can also give Todd a holler. He'd love to chat with you about his plans and the breed. You can call him at 423-302-8054 or shoot him an email at jhcblackherford, all one word, at gmail.com. A quick sales update for you guys. JM Cattle down in Tennessee had their spring sale at the end of last month. As far as the Black Hereford lots in their sale, they had 56 Black Hereford females averaging just short of 3,200. Four bull calf Black Herefords averaging 3,100. And 11 Black Hereford yearling bulls averaging just over 3,700. As a note here, a few of the A lots that weren't listed in the catalog but were on the live auction report didn't make it into my calculation, into my averages, because I had no way of figuring out what they really were. But that should give you a good idea of where the numbers were at. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to another episode of the Black Hereford Chronicles. I've got on a first time guest here that I'm so excited to just kind of shoot the bull with for tonight. And, uh, you know, I think most of you probably know Jason. He's been a Black Hereford breeder for a long time. But Jason, why don't you just introduce yourself, tell everybody a little bit about who you are and where you guys are at and kind of show us a little bit about your operation. Sure. Jennifer, uh, Firstly, thanks for having me on. I'm I'm humbled by it, honestly, with the things that I've heard on your podcast uh, previously. But uh, for those that don't know me, my name is Jason Schrader, and we're right here in central Missouri. Uh, we're a family farm, 100%. Uh, all of us have town jobs, with the exception of my 85-year-old father. So we farm, we farm full-time after our full-time jobs. Uh, we're spread out on three different farms, and they're about 
an hour apart at their furthest distance. And uh, my wife is a tremendous help, as a lot of folks know that are within the breed. She's a go-getter, and my my daughter is, and my son. Basically, my son takes care of everything here. Like, we just finished up calving at down south. So the first I spent the first time in my life away from my wife since she was 14 years old, we went out for nine years, been married 30. And I stayed down there for two months. And if I didn't think she was the center of my world before, I damn sure did after staying there for two months by myself. <laughs> I, I did not like it, I can tell you for free. So, I mean, we're, uh, so at, at the end of the day, we're a family farm, a hundred percent, uh, couldn't, couldn't run it with, without my family. And basically our focus on black Herefords has always been, uh, basically balanced cattle, but we're maternally minded with carcass in mind. And, and we, we pay a lot of attention to the carcass traits within our females uh, because that's what we retain to to build better black herfords with. So that that's how we roll around here. Well, you know, I love the origin stories. So I want to know, how did you guys find black herfords? How did you get into that? Well, we were herford. We raised herfords basically my whole life. And when... Uh, my dad was working in town as well. So when our great uncle who stayed on the farm passed away, we decided to go away from the Herefords a little bit because we were getting a hell beat out of us at the sale barn and uh, breeding Herefords on Herefords. As you know, the calves are a shade bigger and and with everybody being in town, we were afraid of losing, you know, a cow if we weren't here. No, no one was here to watch during the day. Uh, so we decided to start breeding Solaire into our cattle. And long story short, after years of doing that, as my dad retired, our cows were getting me and a red-ass cat. And we were, he was afraid, basically to tag him and things like that at his when he was getting older because he couldn't get up and down as good. So he was like, we need to get some docility back in these cattle, you know, if I'm going to be handling them. So he started uh, looking through farm magazines and came across J&N Ranch. And in true fashion, we, do, we don't do anything overnight. So... We went to that sale three years in a row, and in 2006, we finally bought a black Hereford. And to be quite honest about it, I told Dad it was bullshit. And so I went and bought six registered Hereford heifers, and I put them on that bull that first breeding season, and all six of those calves come out black, white-faced, and I was sold. And we've been raising them ever since, and we've just gradually gotten, you know, a little bigger and a little bigger as we go, just like everybody else, you know, we've just grown that away. So I'm curious, you know, 2006, that was a long time ago. When you think back now and picture that first bull that you purchased, 
if you had to compare that to the black Herefords that you're seeing out there now, do you think there's been quite a bit of change? Uh, you know, I would say not between the first bull we got and where we are today, but as a breed for damn sure. I mean, we got, we got a bull back then that was square built, deeper bodied, a little wider in the trunk. You know, a lot of the things that we're building into these cattle now, but as I've been involved with it and several years ago, I was a lot more heavily involved and the cattle that we would see around the country, they were just every year was, they were just leaps and bounds better. And uh, the more people you get in it that are even the commercial guys, you know, you get these, these big commercial farmers that have want to raise a few registered cattle these guys know what it takes to make a live. So it's pretty, it's a pretty simple deal to me. Follow their lead They're They've been making a living off of it for generations. So they know what you have to build into those cattle to make them profitable. So if you just close your yap and open your ears and let them kind of guide you and what you need to do to your cattle to make them better and make them more profitable it's that simple so i'm curious you mentioned earlier that you feel like you guys try to be very maternally minded but with an eye on carcass traits at all times how do you keep that balance what are some of the things that you're looking at within your herd to continue to you know we're told all the time and i think incorrectly so that you can't have both so what are you doing to try to make sure that you are keeping both of those traits in mind? Well, it is it is kind of to me it's extremely difficult because if you if you kind of look at data a lot, you will notice that the more maternal cows they're they'll suffer a little in the carcass side. So finding that balance, and and that's why I think it's imperative that you ultrasound your females, because at the end of the day, that's what you're keeping back. You know, if you're ultrasounding bulls, basically all that is is a sales tool, you know, for, for the next user. But for you personally as a breeder, if you don't know where your female actually is when you start, it's pretty tough to make her better, you know, and, and, the the easy, the easy way to make them better and find that balance is actually for me is through the Hereford association. And those that know me, I've long been a proponent or I try to get as many black Hereford breeders to collect the data, do the ultrasound stuff, do the things because what you're doing at the end of the day, you know, I explained to a guy a while back, if if you ultrasound 100 bulls, you know, you got a little bit of an investment in there. But if Jason comes along and you have all that data and I can see that that bull is going to help me improve the traits I need to in my herd, I'll pay that ultrasound bill for you. You know, because that bull is worth more money to me with that data because I, 
basically a couple of years ago, I just I just kind of ran out of steam trying to find these black Hereford bulls with data. So the way to answer your question, the way we do it is I take Hereford cows, I turn them black, I see where they're at, and then I try to match Hereford bulls to them are those Hereford bull lines that I can go back to that Hereford sire where all the data is behind him to help me improve my females. That sounds to me like the patient correct approach to doing these things, but boy, sometimes that is hard to be patient. Well, and it's it, the struggle, I think, you know, for a lot of folks is if you, if you, the more cattle you have, the more bulls you have to use because one bull doesn't cover the whole bill. Now, folks that, that follow me, you know, follow my cattle on digital beef or something. And, you know, and for those that don't know, that's extremely easy. If you want to, if you want to check out a person's herd, just put in their breed prefix. Every animal they have will come up. And if you, if you start looking at, you know, looking at all those various cows, it gets more difficult the more cows you have because you're, you, you can't throw a blanket over them. But what I do at certain, certain years, I will just use a bull and I won't do any AI. And if people see that occur in my herd, what I'm wanting to do is get some solid data on the bull that I'm using. So I know, you know, you can look at them phenotypically and they're everything you want, but there may not be a whole lot of data behind those bloodlines in the black Hereford world. So I'll put him on 25, 35 cows and see where my average really is on that bull. And then, you know, if you can use him AI on more cattle or, you know, or if he's worth even keeping, you know, so. Well, that all sounds very intentional. And I think that that matters. Well, and there's, yeah, if you don't, if you're not trying to make them better, you're backing up. I mean, and, and I don't ever want people to get discouraged because I've struck out plenty of times. You know, the uh, you think you're going to go the right direction, and and one thing I also on on that side of the coin that I like to to tell people if they haven't thought about it already, if you look in the Hereford world. Those guys will say, you know, Durango daughters work good on outcross. You know, if you kind of pay attention, them guys will lead you to match your own bloodlines, you know, with the Hereford genetics through the black Hereford world, you know, mm-hmm. if, if that's how you choose to go. But but that'll kind of that'll help people a little bit, you know, that way. I have yet to see anyone use the term outcross in Black Herefords. I think that'll be a sign that we're finally getting enough genetic variety for it to matter. That'll that'll be an interesting time. Well, we're right now we're working on numerous outcrosses and I'll probably be dead before we ever see them come through, <laughs> but 
I've I've tried, you know, uh, cattle farmers, you can't get them guys to work together. They could be best of buddies, and they ain't going to let the other guy one-up them, you know. And and I've asked guys within our breed, you know, hey, can we work together? We can build this outcross. You know, if you breed these animals, I'll breed these animals, and then we'll cross them back, and we'll cut the time in half. No, you can't get it done. <laughs> they, they, just, they just won't do it. I think a lot of seed stock producers are by nature quite competitive and that taps into that a little bit. Oh, I I love that. I mean, I I love the good natured ribbon and, you know, and the fun we have with that stuff. It's really enjoyable. And that's one of the best things about the black Hereford breed. You know, there's a few bad apples in every bunch, but in large part, the folks within the Black Hereford breed are genuinely good people and and will help you, you know. I'm curious, you know, I think other than Joe Hoagland, you are probably the the most long-term person I've had on the podcast so far. So I'm curious what you think the biggest change you've seen in the breed is. Oh, I think the cattle are definitely getting more depth and width in them. And we're not there yet. I, you know, a hundred percent where, where I can look out. I, I actually had a guy come here, uh, last fall before we had our, our sale in November. And he could, he wasn't going to be able to make the sale, but he wanted to actually put eyes on the cattle and then he was going to bid online and, and I was taking him out there and pointing this out and that out and this out. And he was like, I have never ran into someone that's so critical of their own cows. He was like, these things are way better than what I have. And, and I think as a seed stock producer, if you're not looking at your cattle honestly and picking them apart, it's darn hard to get them better. If if you think you're there, you know, and, and I don't think, you know, I know a lot of breeders that are way older than I am in established herds, whether it be Angus or Hereford or whatever. And those guys are always striving for something to make them better. Well, and I would add on a similar note that one of the things that distinguishes those truly successful operations is they're critical and they're not afraid to get the knife out. Oh yeah. That's uh, the, uh, this go around. I, I actually have a few animals. I was saying I was working on and tried something different and they're so far ahead. They cost a lot of bulls or nuts. I can tell you that (laughs) because whenever we get them up, we, we worked them. Uh, the other day and then we'll basically what we do on those bulls is you know of course like everybody else you got a weight cut but then we get them all up separate all the bulls off you know when we get them out of the weaning pen and then we just start tearing them apart you know making sure they walk right and this is right and that's right and any little thing you see that's if if we wouldn't use it in our herd I'm not selling it to somebody else, you know, so 
and and we run a commercial herd of cattle too you know and so so we can use we can always use some bulls back on that but but we have a lot of uh we have a lot of Hereford influence in our commercial cattle as well because like I said we used to be straight Hereford you know so there's a ton of Hereford in our cattle so the on the hurt on our on that side on our commercial side we do use a lot of Angus bulls uh just because we don't get the heterosis if we're breeding right back the same deal you know so so when do you guys calve what's that look like we calve twice a year uh we do spring and fall and i you know i don't really know exactly why we do that uh we just do <laughs> you know the i guess it, it's one of them deals you know you you look back and and my dad or my brother always uses you know like dad will say well we, that's a hay field and and he my brother always says yeah you used to use three reds and a white too and now you use Charmin. so we're going to use that for a pasture this year and you know and and do something different so the you know that's the that's kind of the approach i guess well, I see a lot of producers out there that are offering both fall and springborn calves. You know, I, I think it well, makes sense. Well, what we're, you know, what what I, my hope was all along in these Black Herefords was if I could get my numbers up, the, they sell so doggone fast most years that I wanted to get my numbers up on both sides to where I had 18 month old bulls to actually sell spring and fall instead of just having them in the spring, you know, because every once in a while we'll get some carryovers from the fall bunch, but it's, it's been really rare the last, I don't know how many years, uh, the, these black Herefords are just on fire. And I, when the commercial guy finally wakes up and we get past this, I'm gonna throw out a dirty word here. The the black baldy syndrome, you know, we've we've tried for we tried for many years to get past that. And now we're past it. And when when the commercial guy really starts listening to what a black Herford is and what he can do for him, it's a no-brainer. You know, them they they basically sell themselves. So Excuse me while I sneak in here to welcome a brand new sponsor, Triple T Farms. Triple T down in Kentucky has a deep, rich history in this business, going all the way back to the early 1900s when neighbors would bring their family milk cow to be bred to the only Hereford bull in the county. And that was truly the start of something great and the building blocks of their reputation as a home for quality cattle. Triple T is owned and operated by Tim and Teresa Tarter, who see it as more than a business, but a way of life. With over 30 years of experience in the seed stock business and 15 years producing black Herefords, cattle are what they do. 
The focus at Triple T Farm is to provide customers with breeding stock that will increase profitability, paying close attention to all breeding and mating selections while eradicating undesirable traits. Triple T has semen and cattle for sale private treaty all year long and always love questions and visitors. For more information about Triple T, visit their website, Triple T Black Cattle, all one word, dot com, or email Tim at Triple T Black Herfords at gmail.com. You can also give him a call at 606 305 2289. Well, I think that you segued that beautifully. One of the reasons why I wanted to have you on today is because you've been doing this for so long. And, you know, I think on social media, when I'm looking for inspiration about how we promote this thing and how we educate the cattlemen that are out there about this thing, a lot of the time I find it in what you and Kristen are doing because you guys have spent a lot of time and you put a lot of effort into that education. And as much as, you know, we kind of get into our own Black Hereford bubble and assume that everybody else knows what we're talking about because we've been talking about it so long. I think that there really is a big segment of the cow world that doesn't have a clue what Black Herefords are still. We had our vet out just doing our our herd tests, our herd sires, making sure everybody was good to go a couple of weeks ago. And he was just floored. He, it was a new young guy from the vet office. And he said, oh, my brother, will never believe me that black Herefords are a real thing. And he climbed over the fence and he went and took pictures, you know, and this is a guy that is a veterinarian in the heart of cow country. And it was new to him. So I think we still have a big job ahead of us. And I want to just take some time with you. Cause I know that there are people listening to this that are, are just being exposed to this for the first time and really dig into why in the heck anyone would do this. So let's start super basic. And I'd love you to just walk us through exactly what a black Hereford is. Well, the the start of them is basically you're just making a black balding. You're taking a either, you know, by by rule, it would be an American or a Canadian Angus or American or Canadian Hereford mating those together whichever direction you want to go you're making a black baldy an f1 cross just like your great grandpa's great grandpa there's and i know there's people within the black herford breed that are cringing when i call them just a black baldy like your grandpa made but at the end of the day my grandpa bred registered stuff to registered stuff if the the seed stock guys understand if you're mating two superior animals from either breed to create that F1, certainly it gives it more value. But I, as far as calling them anything other than a black baldy, that's all they are to me. I don't, I don't care which animal you breed to what. If it's if it's an Angus to a Hereford, that's a black baldy. And then once you get that F1 cross, which that animal is not registered, it's just recorded. Then you can breed that animal, only females now, males you can't use, but females, then you can either breed her back to a black Hereford bull that's 75% or greater Hereford blood, or you can breed her back to a Hereford, and then that calf 
will be registrable. And the the Black Hereford, they're recognized as a Black Hereford from 62.5 to 87.4, I guess you would say. And then after 87.5 and up would be a, a purebred. So the, and people get wound up about that too, that term purebred. Purebred and full full blood, them are two different things. So, uh, you know, full blood is when you just, it's just one one line. There There is nothing else. The purebred is is when they reach that status, they get that close, you know. But so so those people out there that are cringing, you know, you get them Hereford guys that get wound up in a monkey knot over that stuff, and you know, and at the end of the day, them Hereford cattle they got goggle eyes and splotches on their faces mm-hmm. now. No no feather, red to the ground. I don't, I'm not sure what pure line of Herefords they got those from, but the ones that I've always was raised around had feathers and white socks and, you know, the whole nine yards. So, you know, nothing against that deal because I love them goggle-eyed red to the ground cattle. Uh, and I like the black ones the same way, you know. So that's the, that in a nutshell is how you, how you can do it. You can breed. Now the cattle are way more prevalent. So, like in our case, we had primarily Hereford cattle to begin with. So we breed those to black Hereford bulls, and then once once I get those females black, then I sometimes will go back with a red Hereford if that'll help me improve them. And uh, we we breed very few registered Hereford cows to select Angus bulls and make those F1s so we can hopefully at some point here come up with an outcross all on our own that that people within the Black Hereford breed possibly could use to to help their situation. Well, I figure those Hereford breeders that are cringing at you right now are probably the ones that are still upset about polled Herefords being allowed in. So they're never going to come around anyway. Well, you know, these... You know, my hat's off to these Hereford guys. Like I said, we we raised Herefords forever. And and most folks will remember back there when when you single trait select for cattle, you're in a world of trouble. And when they switched over that pole deal, that's when they lost the milk. And you know, the then they got into that frame war trying to make them tall and when you do that to cattle, you turn them into junk. I mean, you have to, you have to stay true to what you know works. And, and I, we have a rule here on our place. When you drive across my cattle guard, if you see a a cow with bad teats or udders or bad feet, you point her out and I'll put wheels under her the next day. She'll be at a sale barn. And we have, we have cows that melt tremendously. So, and those are Hereford cows. So they're those. I I think I think what really turned the Hereford breed around, in my opinion, was it was by necessity. They they had taken the milk away from them cattle. They they'd done away with their carcass quality. They couldn't sell their bulls to anybody. Nobody wanted the females. 
So those guys had to put their nose to the grindstone and make those cattle workable in the in the feedlots. And that's what really turned the Hereford cattle around. I think I think even if you look back at the history of Hereford cattle from the 80s to today, they're just tremendously better, in my opinion. You know, they got a better build, better carcass, better milking ability. They're just better all the way around. I think some of those lessons, too, about single trait selection are ones that uh, Black Hereford breeders should learn from as well and take to heart. I, I get concerned a little bit sometimes when I see real heavy focus on homozygous. You know, should we get there someday? Absolutely. Are we to a point now where your primary concern should be homozygous black? I just think you're going to be sacrificing a lot of things. You've got to be really careful when you ever you put on blinders and you just focus on that one trait. Well, I think, you know, the earlier you were talking about had a had I seen a difference, you know, in the black Herford breed from where I started to where I am today. And I think that that word homozygous it damn near ruined black Hereford cattle. If, you know, and and when I say this, I'll try to be careful because there there are good homozygous black cattle out there. There, there are good. But when you, when you keep an animal back, if, if you're that guy that goes out and DNAs them calves when they hit the ground and you decide you're keeping that calf because he's homozygous black, you just shot yourself in the foot. I mean, the the way we do it here is I don't test diddly do until we make our cuts. If if you fall out for any reason, Lord only knows how many homozygous black bulls I've cut and heifers I've sent to the sale barn or whatever. If if you don't make the cut, I don't care if you're homozygous black or not. And and I know I've got good friends within the breed that that sell, you know, their their primary customer wants the homozygous black cattle. And and that's fine as long as you got good cattle that you're basing the homozygous trait on. But I think within the black Hereford breed, we've almost set ourselves up to where we've made it tough on ourselves to sell a hetero bull because we play this homo thing up so bad. If, if a guy's got Angus cattle, he don't need a homozygous black bull. Anyway, they're going to come out black. Anyhow, I sell them all day long here and I've never had guys come back and say, well, you just, you know, I had all these red calves. If, if their cows are black, and you know, and I'm not talking baldy cows now. If they're baldies, then you're going to get some reds if you're hetero. But but if you, the way I explain it to those guys, you know, and and I've heard people say that you don't take a hit on red red hided cattle. Nonsense. I, by God, I ain't found the sale barn yet. If I did, I'd be hauling them there. I'd put them on a, a road tractor and take them. But uh, now I lost my train of thought there, I guess. Oh, the uh, if you take those, if you take those hetero bulls that are good 
you know, and you're breeding them on those those black cows, even if you, you know, they're commercial cows. So you don't know what might be in there. Well, if your calves are 75 pounds heavier and you get one or two red ones and you take a little dock on it, at the end of the day, even on my Jethro calculator, I can figure up I made more money. So the sometimes we need to reiterate to the commercial guy what heterosis is really doing for him and remind him that the better bull is always the better option. You know, if if he's going to get a few red calves and take a little bit of a dock on those calves, and it's it's going to be minimal now, guys, because you're you're not breeding a Hereford influenced cow to a hetero bull and you're going that's going to come out with a feather neck calf and all that jazz. You might come out with a red baldy. Well, in my country, a red baldy, you don't really take a hit on. If it's red to the ground and just has a white face, it'll sell right along as good or better than the blacks. But the, you know, the feather neck and that stuff is is basically what we get hit for here in Missouri on cattle. So so don't I guess my thing is don't be afraid of the hetero bull. Don't lean on them homo blacks. If it's half the bull, go with the hetero. I've been telling you about Peter's Farm for a while now. By now, you know they've got a focus on hardy bulls, docile cows, and sturdy calves. And you know that's exactly what every sector of this industry needs. We've all seen hard years, years where Mother Nature throws her worst at us. That's why it's so important to focus on growing hardy cattle, cattle that'll produce sturdy calves. It's a philosophy that transcends fads and flavors of the week, just like Peter's Farm. Peter's Farm is located in Hamptonville, North Carolina, where they started their Black Herefords from the ground up, building F1s they believed in, always focused on quality. Always coming back to hardy bulls, docile cows, and sturdy calves. Peter's Farm are dedicated to the breed and the Black Hereford Association. They see the potential and know how important its industry influence could be. Peter's Farm has some heifers available right now. You can check them out at Peter's Farm Black Herefords, all one word, dot com, or give Bobby a call at 704-928-8458. So according to the Angus Association, and you know, then maybe take this for, for what it's worth, 80% of the U.S. cow herd is Angus based. 80%. Right. And here we are, Black Herefords. We are sitting there prepared to offer them the ability to keep that black hide and gain that heterosis. You know, to me, oh, it's a, a no brainer. Exactly. It's it. I don't, you know, the as far as a group, a collective group, and you can use the word association if you'd like. We need to do a better job. That's one of the things that we need to do a better job of is explaining to the commercial guy how he's going to benefit from using a black herbert. We're sometimes we lose sight. I think that we're in the beef business 
And in order for us to in order for us to be relevant, we have to prove to the commercial guy that we we have something to offer, that he's got a game. Because we can only sell cattle, black Hereford cattle amongst black Hereford breeders for so long. There's only so many of them that you can put in a shell ring. There, it, it, our focus needs to be on what our cattle will do for the commercial guy. And and there's various ways that, you know, that could be a whole nother episode how I think how I think we need to work that to prove to the commercial guy. And I know this to be true because I, I know guys that feed these cattle. We're not gonna hurt their carcass and we're gonna help their we're gonna help their bottom line if they're retaining those heifers. Because them heifers are going to last longer in the herd. They're going to have more calves. They're going to do a better job of mothering them. You know, all those things that a herfer does, the black herfer does. It's, it's not just a baldy. And that's what, that's what guys have to preach and preach and preach. We start with the baldy and then we breed the herfer back into them to where they're just black. So I think you and I come to this a little bit from a similar perspective because we both have some commercial cows, right? For us, it's always been the primary chunk of our business is the commercial side, but you're running commercial cows as well. And so I think it makes it easier for us to see the benefits of these bulls because we're looking at it in our own herds every day. So one of the little anecdotal things that hits me every spring because we're in the middle of spring calving our commercial herds. So it's on the top of my mind. It is always amazing to me to watch the vigor of these calves. The second they hit the ground as compared to the ones that I know are out of the Angus bulls. It is a remarkable difference out here to watch them both be born at the same time. And every time those black Hereford calves will jump up faster, they're sucking milk sooner. And they are just generally healthier in those first hours. Have you seen any kind of impacts to your calves? Well, the the one thing that I wish I would have recorded this spring was when we calve our heifers, I always try to pull them up close to home. Uh, because like I said, I work in town. I have a town job, <laughs> unfortunately. My wife won't let me quit, but the I always pull those up close, and that way, in case I do have a problem, it's much easier to work with them. Anyway, long story short, I went to feed, and this heifer was doing that back leg dance, you know, like they do when they're starting into labor. And so I went on and checked the other cows and did my stuff there and come back and and the water bag was out, you know, and, and that wasn't too long of a period of time. And I watched her for, and I'm very impatient. You know, I watched her for a minute and I'm like, ah, I'm going to go get the change, you know, because I just want to get them out of there and get on with my day, you know. And I went, I went back to get my stuff if I needed it to help her. And when I come back, that calf was already sucking. And I'm so it literally hit the ground, was standing up and sucking in probably five minutes. I mean, and I know that's a little bit of a stretch, 
but it it was just blew me away because it was a heifer on top of it, you know. But but yeah, those those calves just you know every once in a while, and we're talking in general terms here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. you're gonna hit one of them big dumb calves every once in a while that just doesn't get going. But for the most part, they they take off. I mean, there's a there's a lot of vigor in them cattle, and and especially on the commercial side when you when you get that heterosis part playing in there, that's where you, you know, if you notice it on the purebred side, you're dang sure going to notice it when you're crossing them. Well, and there's data to back that one up. They've done studies that show that uh, when you're getting the benefits of heterosis, you've got 36% increase in longevity. So not only are they coming out healthier and stronger, but then they're going to stay around longer. 36%. You know, if you're a commercial guy, if I'm looking at a cow and I know how many years I have to get out of her for production in order to make her pay the bills, 36% is sizable. Oh yeah, definitely. When you, and and that's what sometimes I think like here in Missouri, it seems like our, our cow herds are pretty small and just about everybody has a town job and farming's in their blood and they're going to do it till they die but if they would take i think if people would take a little more time to really analyze what they're doing instead of just raising cattle you know that they might find that they could pull a little more profit into it and get a little more enjoyment out of it you know you, you always hit those bad years kevin you know where you lose some but this year was exceptional for me. It's a, it's an hour and 20 minute drive from where I have my cows to where I work. So I was basically spending three hours a day on the road and I lost, uh, three calves, I think out of, I I'd have to count, you know, to, to give you an exact number, but I think I calved out around 80 some. And one of those calves, my dad ran over accidentally when he was feeding. So that wasn't a real deal there. I had one born backwards out of a heifer and got fluid in its lungs. And I tried my best to save it, but I just couldn't get that out of there, you know, and it and it was cold and yada, you know how the story goes. We had one of those this spring. I hear you. Yeah, and then I just had one that was born dead. So the and so basically the two I lost, two of them were out of a heifer, and my dad ran over a different one. So, uh, man, he felt bad about it too. Out of one of my best cows, and <laughs> it was just one of them bad deals. And if you got livestock, stuff's going to happen. You know, if you've got just, livestock, you're going to have dead stock. Yeah, un- unfortunately, oh. that's the way it works. So, talk to me a little bit about docility. I'm going to be honest. When we first got into Black Herefords and everybody was going on and on about docility, I would roll my eyes because I kept thinking as a commercial guy, I've seen that go too far the other direction, right? I've seen too many people raise bulls that are pets and frankly, that's dangerous. And so I I almost, I almost had like an adverse reaction and as we've gotten more black herefords into our herd, I've realized that's not what we're talking about here. We're not talking about 
making these things pets. We're talking about docility. So tell me a little bit about what that means to you. Well, I think, you know, like I said earlier, we we turned the corner years ago and bred that Solaire into our Hereford cows. And them things, I mean, I'm telling you, they get right up in your shirt pocket now. And my father-in-law bred Solaires into our herd well before I was around. And I mean, we were cleaning that crap up. Yeah, for, for a very long time, our cows were nuts. So, yes. <laughs> well, if, if anybody follows us on Facebook, they've all seen my son. He's a gentle giant, like 6'4", 260 pounds, you know, and the brunt of the commercial cattle are his. And and he always says, Dad, you got to keep a couple with some fire to them. That's, that's what gets your heart pumping. <laughs> Ought but, to be young. You know, well, this is coming from the same guy that goes bear hunting with a switch, and when he finds the bear, he gives it the switch. You know, I I'm not doing it. I I had a I had a tractor accident a few years ago, and and kind of got beat up a little bit. And the last thing I want to do is get smashed. Uh, had a good friend of mine, and also a black Hereford breeder, got his back broke a few years ago by a cow, got him down. And so the, and by the way, just to clarify, that wasn't a black Hereford cow. <laughs> <got down. laughs> but, uh, but at the end of the day, the docility thing, it's, it's more than just the cattle or when they're easy going, they're, they're easier to sort. They're easier to work through the chute. They're not getting injured in the chute or in the alleyway. They're not, you know, bending your panels or hurting you, or it, it just goes on and on and on. And that I I find that docility probably is one of the biggest things I hear from my repeat customers. You know, they they use other bulls that were black in the past, and they just got tired of their calves bouncing off every panel they had when they tried to get them up and. You know, it so so docility, I mean it's it's not everything, but it's definitely a large part of the black Hereford breed and a lot of the draw to it, you know, when you can take some fire out of them cattle and make them easier to handle and well and on the beef it. side, we know that a cow that is more worked up, that is harder on you and your equipment, is going to be a darker cutter that she's just not going to produce calves that great as well. Yeah, that's, well, and I think that's because they're so high strung. Or yeah. they're, they can't ever get fat because they're constantly got their head up and their tail out running to the other end of the patch, you know. So the, and, and I could definitely see that. We, we weeded out those mean ones, you know, pretty dadgum quick. Now, like I said, my son, has some yet across the road. There's four or five of them that we call it the grab and go technique. When they have a when they have a calf, he just reaches out the door and grabs them around their neck and throws them up in the gator with their legs pointing out. And we take off to the other end of the field to weigh them and tag them and that kind of stuff, you know. And I think he brings me along mainly just to get me wound up about looking around trying to make sure I ain't going to get attacked, but 
but and he thinks it's funny, but I I don't I don't dig it. But all of our Hereford cows on you know on my side of the road, I always call it. We keep most all the registered stuff in one place, and the the commercial stuff is all at the farm. That's a little harder access to the head shoot and that kind of mm-hmm. thing because we do a lot of AI breeding and stuff. And mm-hmm. and as you well know, you go to do that, you're running them through that head shoot numerous times. So you want a pretty good working facility. So those uh the only problem that I've ever noted and and I don't know if this will help anybody out there if most people think I'm full of crap, but like I said, I I have a day job. So whenever we calve in the spring, that means I'm processing them calves in the dark and we use red lights and those cows will not kill you. If you use a bright light, I will, they will get in your shirt pocket. Not every one of them, but I've had some of my, my gentler cows come at me if I'm messing around with one of those bright white headlights on. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it does to their vision, but if you click it on red, they just calm right down and don't bother you. So I, hopefully that helps somebody. You know, I, it, 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 I've i definitely seen it work here enough times to know there's something to it. So we make sure that those headlights that you buy always have a red, a red light in them that you can click to. So if you got to do, you always have to click to the, white you know if you're going to ear tag them or something like that but the red works good enough to get them on the scale or you know or whatever there so well it makes sense you know even if you're just driving through the pasture in the dark and you hit one with your headlights more times than not you've got to turn the lights off to try to get her to even move out of the way you know there is something about that bright light that they don't function like they're supposed to so that makes a lot of sense yeah, hopefully it'll hopefully it'll save somebody from getting beat up. The best thing to do is just farm during the day <laughs> and don't do and don't do it at night and weekends like we do, you know. And if you're gonna do it, hand your wife the phone so she can get it on video and we can all laugh at you later. Yeah, well, I I we actually have a video of my son taking a ride. And and it is funny, and you can hear me on their big belly laughing. And if there's any city people, they'll probably think I'm the worst dad in the world. But I get a kick out of that kind of stuff. I when Cole was a when Cole was a little kid, he's probably I don't know maybe ten years old or something, and he was pushing calves up the alley, and he he walked one to the back of the head chute, you know, and of course the gate was shut on the back. Well, he turned around and walked back to get some more, and that thing flipped around in that chute and ran right over him. And I'm telling you, I never laughed so hard in my life. <laughs> Had hoof tracks up his back, and, I was, <laughs> and you're thinking, "Well, somebody probably wouldn't give me the Dad of the Year award." <laughs> That's how like, you learn, be, though. If you're gonna be dumb, you gotta be tough. Yeah, Don't yeah. turn your back. So we've talked about cavities, docility, color heterosis are there any other benefits of black herefords that i'm missing well the you know the big thing with these black herefords again we're in the beef business so 
folks that you know folks that have your continental style cattle you know your semis or gelbies or you know any of those charlets you know the list goes on and on but you put a black hereford bull on those style cattle you're gonna you know probably knock the frame down a little bit give them better carcass quality uh make them a little more fertile kind of cattle make them and the vigor you were talking about, you know, and I don't want to offend any Charlet guys out there, you know, because I think they're great cattle in every breed. But them calves are dumber than hell. Have you ever had a bunch of... I kind of have know, a theory that Charlet breeders must all just secretly hate life. Yeah, they, them calves will just lay there just dumber than hell. If it's After you out, had uh, to pull it out and get yeah. chased up the panel by the mama. You're almost guaranteed that they're going to freeze to the ground if it's winter time, you know, because they're not going to get up. But, but anyway, those, you know, all the things, you know, the feed efficiency and the things that the the Herefords have long been known for. If guys use them on those some of those type cattle, it'll give them those qualities, you know. And and I believe that in years to come, if you're not as a commercial guy, you know, predominantly, if you're not focused on where you're at meat quality wise on your cattle, you're going to be at the back of the bus. So, you know, I, I understand, you know, uh, breeds of cattle run deep in country people, just like you might get this guy drives a Ford and that one drives a Chevy and that one drives a Dodge. They're going to stick with whatever cattle they've always had, but that doesn't mean, you know, commercially that you can't change it up with with a bull selection and make those cattle more palatable for the end user. And and at, at the end of the day, you know, if nothing else, I always try to preach to people, we're in the beef business. If we don't do things to increase the quality of our carcass, we're not going to be here to stay. You 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 go from that's how you go from being a fad to a mainstay. You have to prove to the commercial man that you have a product that that the packer wants. And hopefully one of these days within the Black Herford breed, the the feedlot study deal goes through because at the end of the day, that's what you're really Above all else, that's what we have to prove. We have to get the packer to want our cattle because if he wants them, then the then the buyer's going to buy them. And if the buyer wants them, the commercial guy is going to use them. You know, you know exactly how it works. You know, at the at the end of the day, we have to prove that our product is something worthy that they're that they're going to be able to profit on. And to do that, we got to increase our quality, you know, carcass quality. And to the commercial guy that's listening, you know, we all keep having the message jammed down our throats. It feels like that the cattle market right now is fire. If I have to see that fire emoji on Facebook next to a market report one more time, I'm going to puke. Yes, the market is high right now. But you know what else is pretty damn high? Every one of your inputs. Those are all fire right now, too. And between that and the market consolidation, you have got to start thinking outside of the box. You cannot keep doing things the same way that your granddaddy did and expect to survive 
what's coming in the beef industry. It's time to look at some new options. And I really think that there's something to this Black Hereford thing that's worth considering. Well, I mean, I, I agree with you 100%. I mean, if it's it'd be much easier for us to get ahead of the curve right now. And and these cattle I know have something to offer. I uh, I actually worked a, a farm fest here in Missouri, and it's probably, I would say, pretty easily the biggest farm show in the state of Missouri. And two years ago, I was down there and I had two different small packers come up to me and say, you guys got something going here. These cattle feed out faster and they grade really well. Uh, You know, so if those guys are noticing, we need to get it on a bigger scale as a group and and really prove, you know, to because you know as well as I do, you know, the more the more breeders you have, in order in order for you to sell to that guy out west that's got seven eight hundred head of cattle and he's going to buy a half a truckload of bulls every year, if you want that guy, you have to prove to him that you ain't going to cost him money. You know that's how he makes a living. So the best way that the Black Hereford breed can do that is through a feedlot study where we get some actual data back on these cattle and and not worry so much about what sires what and this and that at first. We need to prove our quality of our of our cattle first. And in my opinion, I'm just one voice, you know, but but I, you know, I urge black Hereford breeders all the time, you know, think about this stuff because if we don't get in front of it, then, then we become a fad and we definitely don't. And I think we're kind of past that. I, you know, I don't know if you agree or not, but we've been, we, well, we, the Hoaglands, you know, have been in this since 97, I think. So it's been a lot of years, so I think we're past the fad moniker, if you will. But but it's kind of easy to fall back into that if we don't if we don't do the things to keep pushing the breed forward. Well, and that's where somebody like me, who's not the most patient person on the planet, struggles because it seems so obvious that we are sitting on something that could change the industry. And we ought to be shouting it from the rooftops. Well, and I know, you know, the there's a lot of aspects of that. You know, you have finance and and logistics and you know, this and that. And and at the end of the day, I I as a breeder don't mind investing money in something, even if we're gonna go backwards financially as an association it's an investment it's no different than it's no different than me buying a tractor or a baler or you know or a different bull or something if it's if it's going to pay off if the end game is going to pay off then then you have to invest in it and and i think the associations you know uh by all accounts financially seems to be doing you know pretty well so 
you know, maybe maybe the board will take the next step and and get something going on that front, you know, where it's not just because it's got more credibility and in my opinion, if it's backed by the association compared to, you know, you and Logan doing your mm-hmm. feed test and me doing a feed test. And and I know like Mike Sherman, he does one up there and there's uh you know, hats off to those guys. Anybody that's out there doing things to prove that Black Hereford cattle will perform, you know, they ought to get an award every year. I, you know, I don't know what you'd give them, but, but there's, there's more that there's more folks than, you know, when you start looking around and talking, uh, I got the opportunity to talk to the Peters when I went down to Kentucky and, and those folks, you know, they're they're constantly on the internet trying to promote Black Herefords and and tell people how they are. And uh, I, I know the Missouri Black Hereford Association on their website, they have a lot of frequently asked questions and answers on there. Uh, we have those as well on our website. Uh, I'm sure you probably do as much as you promote. So. There's uh there's a lot of avenues of people trying to reach out and and tell people what we got here, you know. Well, Jason, you have been very generous with your time tonight, but I've got to ask you that one final question that I like to bother everybody with. What's one thing you would change about Black Herefords? Well, the as far as the cattle go, uh they're pin assed as a <laughs> As a you know, and a, and this is a general term. They're 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 getting much better, but I think as a breed, if we continue to work on that depth and that width, we're going to be there sooner and later. And and we're not. Th- that's the beauty of these black herefords. We don't have to reinvent the wheel. We're using the two biggest cattle. Uh, associations in the world to create a black Hereford. So I was talking to my ultrasound guy and he, you know, years ago, and he said, Jason, if you change your average over five tenths of a point in your lifetime, you're doing pretty good. I've changed it over three, not over three, but over two points already just in the few years I've been doing it. And and there to me there's no secret why I can do that. You have backed up data on both sides of the aisle. Just it's right there. Just use it. You know, we're you know what I'm saying? We're not we're pulling from outside our circle to be able to make these cattle better so we can improve them much more rapidly than you could improve your Angus or your Hereford from where you're at. Great points. Yeah, great points. If that makes any sense. So if people want to find out more about what you guys have going on down there in Missouri and with your operation, where can they find that? Uh, we got a, we've, we're on Facebook, of course, Schrader's Black Herefords. You should probably uh, spell on, that for people. That's S-C-H-R-O-E-D-E-R. <laughs> and we're, we also have a web page. Uh, I don't think there's I don't think there's a ton of stuff on our web page. We 
And my wife just hollered in from out there. I don't know if y'all heard You that. have a wonderful website. Yeah. I was going to tell people to check it out just if they're right. even curious about Black Herefords. There's a lot of good information, just general information about the breed. So if you're somebody that's got your interest piqued by this, your website is definitely a good place to look. Yeah, and I and I don't mind talking to people. I love talking cattle. So, I mean, anybody that ever has any questions about them, you can feel free to call me anytime. One one thing that will not happen is my phone will not be off. It doesn't matter if it's weekends, nights, as long as you don't call me after 10 or before six in the morning, I'll probably answer. <laughs> well, thank you, Jason. I appreciate you taking the time to, to chat with me today. You bet. Enjoyed it. Thanks for listening. You can get in on the conversation over at our Facebook page at Black Herford Chronicles, where we'd love to hear from you. Of course, don't forget to leave a review wherever you get your podcasts.